Hello and welcome to another episode of Naya Wrestling. We are your hosts, Mark Spester with Richie. Good evening, everybody. Hope everyone is well. Welcome to another episode. And we're here to show long-time fans and non-fans why wrestling is so good. How's yeah. your day been today, Mark? Not bad, Rich. Not bad, my friend. Good, good. Uh, just been relaxing at home and making sure going through the uh, notes and stuff because yesterday I did my research for this episode and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think this episode is going to be pretty damn good. Uh, and because Rich has been someone who's hasn't done a proper episode of No Wrestling yet, but mm. like talking about shows I've been to and stuff, but this one's going to be kind of more of what No Wrestling was originally based on and stuff. So so today, guys, we're going to be looking at the Attitude Era mid-carders and like people who are underrated and stuff. So And this is one episode that I said to Rich, like, let me know of an idea you want to do and I can then think of wrestlers we can look at. So Rich, what was the reason for you to choose this topic then, buddy? Well... We always review. I mean, the, you know, I got involved with the show when we was doing sort of um, a lot of Rev Pro shows. Where we was doing like uh, post-show reviews on the drive home, and we always spoke about, oh, let's actually do a proper production of a podcast together, sat down. It's completely different. But when we were talking about sort of what should we discuss, and everyone usually discusses, um, you know, your big names like your Steve Austins and your Rocks and your Shawn Michaels. I thought it'd be quite a different take to look at it if we was to do the Attitude Era because the Attitude Era is one awesome, but it, didn't really produce the best wrestling in the mid cards. No, not really. So I thought it would be quite interesting to do three matches in the mid card of the Attitude Era, which are good matches, but just, I'd say, under the radar. Yeah. And probably highly underrated. When when the viewers or the listeners see the or hear the uh, the cut, the matches that we pulled out, I think they'd be quite surprised. I yeah. was, looking back, so these were your three matches. Yeah. And I reviewed them, you know, I, I took notes of them today, and I must admit, thoroughly enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, just it's good. Make a change. Just keep it different. Rather than asking you like what your knowledge on wrestling is, because I spoke about it before, and who, because you know the wrestlers anyway, who are who we're looking at today anyway. So Absolutely. we're going to go straight into the matches. Yep. Yep. So the first match that we had was the match from SummerSlam 1998 in the Lions Den match between Ken Shamrock versus Owen Hart. The Blackheart. Owen Hart has gone off the deep end. The world's most dangerous man. Well, Shamrock has just lost. He's lost his composure. The highway to hell for these two superstars has been paved with controversy. Word in the locker room is that Owen Hart's special trainer for his Lions Den match at SummerSlam against Ken Shamrock is none other than Dan the Beast Severin. That announcement culminated months of turmoil. Owen Hart is going to try to break Shamrock's leg or his ankle or his foot. Owen Hart's got Shamrock in the sharpshooter. Owen Hart has gone off the deep end. What is Owen Hart doing? And wait just a minute. That's Shamrock. Where did he come from, JR? Shamrock, the animal. Shamrock has got a chokehold on Owen Hart. Shamrock's got the ankle lock on Owen Hart. Owen Hart's ankle's going to be snapped if Shamrock doesn't let go. Armbar takedown. Thank you. 
You're stepping into my world now, the Lion's Den match. And when I get done with you, they better bring two body bags, one for you and one for Dan Severn, because I'm going to finish what I didn't get to finish Monday night. I'm going to add some fuel to the uh, Lion's Den fire. <laughs> Something's going to be settled in that nine-foot pit. Mm. Now, Rich, my friend, what do you think about this match? Yeah, um, looking back at it, I haven't watched it since actually 98. And uh, obviously, Owen Hart, rest in peace. Um, obviously, from the Hart family and the Hart Dungeon, fantastic worker. Um, any of them Hart brothers are, any of that Hart family are. Ken yeah. Shamrock, obviously, coming from the UFC, is a legit shoot fighter. So, it was a good match because, obviously, you had that shoot fighter feel because you had that mini octagon. Mm-hmm. But, obviously, it's still a pro wrestling show. So, in a way, I felt that like Owen was carrying the match more for Ken Shamrock. Yeah. Um, which kind of made sense. I mean, Owen was playing the hill in the match. You can tell by the, the crowd reactions on the entrance. Everyone was behind Shamrock. And, obviously, Owen was part of the Nation of Domination at this point. Yeah, he was. Yeah, because he turned heel recently in April. Yeah. Because I made sure before I watched the match that I watched a promo package. So then that uh, way, if you've never seen it before or don't know anything, at least that way it gives you a good... Yeah point of reference to be like okay so this is this person A this is this person B and it's mm. kind of like they, they know who the, pe- the people are or the mm. multiple people are that sort of thing as well definitely yeah yeah and um, yeah I enjoyed the match obviously uh, looking back at it I remember watching it thinking this was really good but watching wrestling like nowadays when you've got the likes of NXT and the way how, how athletic wrestling's got I thought how's this going to be is this going to be a bit slow but they actually told a really really good story yeah they, they, they didn't they yeah because the one thing I liked about the match a lot which I mentioned in my notes when I was looking for through the match is how it started off as a proper sort of like UFC mm. sort of fo- uh, map like a fight you would think okay it fits quite well in the UFC mm. but then it went into a, like a wrestling match like yeah. then it started to transition into it I loved as well um, the use of the cage as well like even yeah. though it was in a sense a cage match mm. they used it but then they also used it differently enough that they use it to get out of sort of submission moves to use it to springboard and stuff I thought it was really clever yeah yeah I thought that and it kind of um, what I got from the match with it as well is um, obviously like that Owen was playing the heel. Looking at the match back, it was it was built like a classic old school wrestling match still. Yeah. So it starts off Ken Shenrock is kind of in control of the match and the first bit of offence that or offence that Owen get gets is actually a low blow. Yeah. You know, and it's a bit like the crowd boo and it's like, yeah, we're getting all the pantomime involved in the match and stuff and uh, yeah, but it's good that they use their surroundings because I think they had to like before that match, obviously I reckon that was more of a probably a Vince Russo slash Vince McMahon kind of oh yeah we're gonna do this and it's gonna be awesome and I bet both of them probably looked at each other and thought how the hell are we gonna pull this off yeah <laughs> and they did as well because it just shows how good both of them are like Owen Hart for me is one of my favourites of all time and it just shows just how good he is and stuff it's just fantastic because the one thing I loved about this match as well is even though it isn't technically part of the match it was the fact that they were in the theatre inside the Madison Square Garden and they still sold it out yeah they for did for one so match you, the crowd were completely full and I'm like mm. that just shows you the power of of the WF back in the late 90s just how popular yeah. the promotion was that they can just sell out like the theatre inst- which is they can sell out a foot 23 24,000 arena itself mm. plus the theatre as well which is just amazing isn't it I think they'd struggle nowadays if it was WWE I think if it had the NXT stamp on it I think they'd be alright but I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> main shows but uh, yeah you're right and also when they first go to the um, the theatre with the cameras that crowd is popping Yeah, it is like manic it's not the kind of um, it's better than the intro to Royal Smackdown now 
you know, mm-hmm. just for one match. And it wasn't, it was funny because even though it was in the theatre, it wasn't in the middle of the room. It was kind of near the wall. Yeah. You know, it, was, it wasn't elevated, but they still sold it out. It was the yeah, World Wrestling weird. Federation. I mean, how did you find the, like, the cinematography? Like, you know how a lot of time in wrestling, uh, you have, I know in some shows you only have maybe a promotion, sorry, you have like two cameras free, but how did you find the fact it was kind of more two cameras in the way they shot it? Because I, I quite yeah. like that because it added more to the, I know A, it was the first time they ever done it, so it was kind of getting used to it, but also as well, I like the fact that it added a lot more to the realness of the match like obviously being a fight yeah it felt like an old school uh, UFC show before they sort of got you know the big money and uh, Dana White was involved with it when you look back at like the, like the UFC 1 tournament UFC 2 tournament it was like it was filmed with a potato you know yeah. it really was bad but it had that kind of uh, that 90s feel to it and yeah like you said like obviously working with that small little octagon cage thing where could you put a camera so they yeah. had one looking down, I think, didn't they? they had yeah, one... one on the side where the referee was. They had one looking through the yeah. the cage itself. I'm guessing they would have had maybe like a crane maybe somewhere as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised Jack Dine, the referee, didn't fall into that. That would have been quite funny because they did look quite wobbly at some point. <laughs> did they? Especially when, he, especially when they were knocking each other into the cage and they were throwing each other. <laughs> oh, brilliant. That's I mean, brilliant. Uh, looking at that, like what particular moments or spots in the match that stood out for you at all? Because I, I have quite a few. Yeah, for me, obviously, it was when Owen started getting his uh, offence in, like I said earlier, playing the typical bad boy heel. Uh, I thought the finish was fantastic, but we won't jump straight to that. Um, There was actually two low blows by Owen in this match. Um, I thought that when Owen locked Shamrock in the sharpshooter, like you said earlier, and Shamrock was climbing up the cage. Yes, that was one of the moments I really liked. Really, really clever, again, using the environment. Um, Yeah, a lot of belly to bellies. Yeah. Belly to bellies. I'll tell you what, that canvas looked hard. There wasn't much spring in that at all. That Not at all. Was it in a patio floor, to be honest. But also as well, both of the wrestlers were quite tough, like Owen Hart living through with like Bruce Hart and stuff, and then obviously Ken Shamrock being a UFC fighter, they're like, mm. yeah, sod it, we'll do it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like the way that uh, Shamrock used the cage as well to like springboard off of it. Like you saw that moment where he did the springboard, like um, spinning elbow and a springboard like knee to Owen. I thought, when I saw that, I was like, that's really good. Yeah. I've, I'll be honest, I haven't seen that match for so many years that yeah. I completely forgot about the match like I knew of the match but I didn't remember some of the moves yeah. they did it was crazy yeah yeah exactly that's what I said when you asked me about it I said I didn't see, I've only ever seen it the once and that would have been 98 so god knows I'd have been 31 now so I'd have been a kid and uh, yeah I don't remember them until I watched it today I was actually really impressed I thought that watching wrestling nowadays in 2019 looking back at that it might be a little bit not slow or anything because I love the old school wrestling and I like sometimes to watch the old school stuff the style but um, I thought is this actually going to live up to what I remembered how I felt feeling when I watched it as a kid and yeah. it did I watched it I got excited I enjoyed the match I was in. I was intrigued I, I fully enjoyed it yeah yeah, definitely, me. man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great. Any other moments before we head on? Uh, or move on, sorry? Well, the only thing was obviously the ending, um, because in um, Owen's Corner, you had Dan the Beast Severin. Obviously, Dan the Beast Severin had a bit of heat with uh, Ken Shamrock in real life back in the day when they was both fighting for UFC, um, when they was actually doing the uh, Super Fight Championship tournament. And uh, I think it was quite cool that Owen went into the Dragon Sleeper. Yeah, that was, that was, I was great. about to say that, I love that move. Such a cool move. Great spot. And then they referred back to you know Dan Severin's trained him for this and he reversed it slapped him in the end yeah. submission boom yeah 
that was a great spot. I, I enjoyed the match. I did enjoy the match. And there's blood, actually, either way. There was no blade in. The actual blood was legit. When yeah. he busted his mouth and Shamrock hit his face. That was must have been quite a tough uh, tough fight or tough match to work. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, what would you give that match 10 out of 5? I would actually give that, looking back at it now, uh, I'd probably give that a 3.5 close to a four for me okay for me yeah it is what it is and it stays in history and I felt the same way as what I did watching it today like I did when I was a kid so yeah about maybe okay four yeah I'll I'll give it a four for being the first one and never it never happening before as well I quite liked that because it's quite clever and they did another three or four thing afterwards what of the Lion Den matches yeah, I know Owen Hart was in a couple more. Um, Ken Shamrock was in a couple more. So it just shows that by having these two good people that are able to then make like take on the idea and make it better as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah definitely yeah. give it four out of five. But you can say the same thing about TLC. Starts off as a match, now it's a pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's just so strange. That That's just like, yeah, being a bit overkill there. Yeah, I don't like... Um... I don't really like shows being named after matches. I don't either. You know, it's like, oh, we've got the TLC pay-per-view coming up. And you look at the angles and you think, you know, the stories. And you think to yourself, okay, so I'm assuming this is going to be a tables match for absolutely no reason. It's a bit like Hell yeah. in the Cell. It used to be like a prestigious thing. And when they said, oh, I'm going to see you in the cell, you used to think, oh, my God, you know, something random, like Unforgiven. Next thing you know, it's a Hell in the Cell match. You knew it was going to be brutal. Yeah. You watch Hell in the Cell pay-per-view now and you think, it's probably going to be a bog standard one-on-one couple of very light cage spots they're not as when it used to be a cell match you used to think to yourself this is going to be epic but now it's a pay-per-view you just think oh, this, they just sort of chuck it as a stipulation it just feels a bit wasted oh yeah for sure man I completely agree with you and the thing that annoys me as well I understand they can't do it anymore because of the dangers and stuff but mm. it's like why do it because it's like some feuds it's like that should be the feud ender not the feud beginner yeah totally yeah yeah that should be the end of the story like a story that a guy two guys have built this feud and it's it's come down to this yeah it has to be finished the worst way possible for it to be over hell in the cell yeah I mean one of the perfect things for that is the Cactus Jack Triple H match at uh, No Way Out 2000 great match That I mean that was a great match and it was also the end, end, end of a story it wasn't like the beginning of a story it was the end so yeah. same with same Wrestlemania as well Wrestlemania started, started to annoy me a bit more now because it's more sort of like the beginning of the story but not the end anymore and it's like but no Wrestlemania is supposed to be the end yeah I think Wrestlemania should be like the final reset yeah you know, April start it's, again New Year not yeah. start going in yeah I totally agree with that because it's, li- it's literally like Wrestlemania is like the season finale it should be the biggest payoff of the yeah. year for every storyline hopefully it will be at the end of the, uh, the end of Wrestlemania hopefully we'll have Becky Lynch with a title at the end but at the very end but do you event. think with I don't know Sorry, going off tangent. Yeah, we we'll are. go back to the. <laughs> yeah. So yes, yeah, so both of us give it four out of five. Yes. So the next match that we had was for the um, WWF Cruiserweight Champ. No, light heavyweight championship. I'm so used to cruiserweights that. I know. So I know. weird having light heavyweight between Scotty Two Hotty versus Dean Malenko at Backlash 2000.
team partner, Grandmaster Sexay, is prepared to come off the injured list. Scotty Tuhati has another opportunity here tonight to regain light heavyweight gold. Can you imagine the dance he'll do if he wins the that championship? He'll worm his way all the way to the, to the Lincoln Memorial. He's worked his way into the heart of these fans, hasn't he? Oh, he has. Scotty Tuhati preparing to meet Dean Malenko. So then, Richie, my friend, what do you think about this match? Yeah, it was a good match, to be fair. When you put this on the list, I thought, what? But, um, no, I really enjoyed the match, to be fair. I think everyone doesn't realise how good Scotty really was. Yeah. You know. And how over he was as well. Like, oh, when I was watching so. that match, it's like, I think he was as popular as Rikishi, maybe even more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he was, to be fair. You know, he's out of that three... I just love watching Scotty do the worm. I, I, I did as well, man. Yeah. I, I, used to, I used to even try doing the worm once. I was like, I can't do it. Yeah. And I always thought Grandmaster Sexay always looked a little bit awkward. Like, <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Do you know what? Did you notice when you was watching it um, on the network? It said, uh, thank you to our UK fans. Yeah, so watch Channel 4. Channel 4, yeah. Because <laughs> I, like, I, yes. I remember watching it on Channel 4. Yeah, I remember And it had ridiculous it. adverts as well. Yeah, it did. It did have adverts. It must have been the way they got around the, um, like, paying for it. Like, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it was great because in England, sorry, my American fans, but back in the day, we never paid for pay per views. If you paid for Sky Sports One, you had them all. Yeah, right we did. Yeah, they had to pay for them. I mean, we only had to pay for them. I can't remember what year it was on Sky Box Office, but that was, and then they did a few on Sky Sports, but then they had a few on Sky Box Office. Yeah, they'd done the big four on Sky Box Office, and they'd done random shows before that, um, and it used to be things like Rebellion. Oh, yeah. Um, and Interaction, I remember those yeah, two shows. Yeah, Insurrection, that's it. Rebellion were, and Insurrection. They were so funny, those shows. These love those shows as a kid. Yeah. You kind of knew nothing was going to happen with the titles, because they'd be working out to a pay-per-view somewhere else, and it's like, oh yeah, Insurrection's this week, and then on Raw, or Smash down it'd never even get mentioned nah and then it just happened it just happened it's like a house yeah. show it was just like it was like, yeah glorified one wasn't it I remember there was one with Vinnie Jones I think that was the first ever <laughs> No Mercy and then they had another one yeah Vinnie Jones on oh my god talking of the um, rebellion have you seen a really funny bit on you know AE podcast the Attitude Era yeah 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 they right. did like a one about the like the Steve like you know how they was Kevin always text piss out Steve Austin with the amazing impression <laughs> they're doing the Knights of the Round Table they ended up about being like a, a Monty Python joke <laughs> brilliant yeah. Oh. Uh, remind me when we first recorded, I have to show you the clip. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you can see his friend, like, literally just pissing himself laughing. It's Fantastic. so funny. Yes, we'll have a look at that. Definitely, man. We'll have a look at that. But anyway, Backlash 2000. Uh, yeah, Scotty was coming in as the challenger against Dean Malenko for the light heavyweight championship. Um, he was really good as well, Dean Malenko was. 
someone else who's fantastic. Unbelievable. One of the main things I like about that match was just to focus on Scotty Duhotty's uh, body parts. Like yeah. the leg and stuff was amazing. Like, even Scott. after yeah. a few minutes, he went back to the body part again. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, Dean Malenko, they, they swim was the, well, they referred to him as the man of a thousand holds. Yes, I because mean, Jericho's a man of a thousand and one. Yeah, I mean, Jericho's <laughs> a thousand and one, so he's actually a lot better. But um, they, fantastic match. Um, Dean Malenko, obviously part of the Radicals, just came into the WWF quite, I think it was, was the April before? Um, no, like let's check, a few weeks, few weeks ago. Yeah, a few weeks before, a yeah. few weeks before. So, obviously he was working heel. I mean, you can't have Scotty too hot, he's a heel. I mean, he's not in, um, was it, too, he used to be too cool, too much. Do you remember too much? Yes, <laughs> and he was ridiculous, and then they finally turned them face because they were so popular. Oh, talk about Radicals, sorry, they came right before No Way Out, so they came in February, so two months before. Yeah, I'll tell you what, No Way Out was a good pay-per-view for getting the WCW turning back over, wasn't it? Because yeah. you had the NWO turn up in, uh, was that 2001? Uh, 2002, because I remember watching it live as well. Because that was Being just... so excited for oh. seeing Hulk Hogan back. Yeah. For the first time in like nine years. It and was that so was good. that weird time, wasn't it? Just after that pay-per-view is when they referred to it as WWE and they lost the law thing. You know, yeah. It all went to court. And it was kind of like, it was WWF No Way Out. And then a couple of weeks later, it was WWE Raw. And it was all that... I remember seeing Shawn Michaels on the TV and he called it the WWF. I mean, oh, I meant E, I meant E. It yeah. was that whole transition there, wasn't it? With the, the World Wildlife Fund. I don't know why the World Wildlife Fund didn't, like, just be like, yeah, it's fine, you can use a name and just WWF have to give them some money after, every year. Because the amount of people that would know the World Wildlife Fund because of WWF, like, that's yeah. the rest of the reason I knew about it. Now I'm like, because of that, I'm like, I'm not gonna get, like, even though I love animals and support other charities, yeah. I'm never going to give them any money in, in my life ever again. Or, <laughs> or, 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 you know, I never did, but you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I never ever would. I think the World Wrestling Federation... Such, it sounds like a cooler name. It's a cooler name, but not to quote me correct, but I think it was actually running longer than the World Wildlife Fund. And I think it was mainly because, obviously, they was a charity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think if the WWF, has, you know, the, fe- the Federation would have won, it would have caused such an uproar. But, I mean, the good thing, I suppose, now it's WWE. It's completely distanced itself from the World Wildlife Fund. It's always now going to be the WWE. I mean, we've both watched it for so long, but I do like the fact that you can watch the network and none of it's uncensored. Yeah. It's yeah, all... they made a deal with um, them, so that's why, if you notice nowadays, they don't have the block F anymore because like we want the old logos and stuff back, and they're like, that's fine, but you can't have any reference to the F at all. Yeah. So that's why, if you notice, they did the, um, what was it, the old school Raw, and they old had the F, was. but then they did the more recent one, it's just the WW. Yeah, yeah. I think the contract <clears throat> on it was basically that any archive footage doesn't have to be edited but anything that you produce from say today right now onwards cannot be referred to as F yes but anything prior is fine. fine yeah which is good because it's so irritating them going through all the stuff and blurring out everything it's just like Sometimes I can't even watch the match properly anymore because I'm like I'm just oh, I seeing blurs when they done that when all the turbuckles was always blurred and yeah especially when it's like when you're watching Askew era and it's all plastered everywhere and it's like literally blur 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 and I'm like um who's wrestling yeah there's, like, there's two guys wrestling one. between them blurs I think. Like, <laughs> yeah, and even referees as well are blurred. I'm like, yeah, because they're patch on their shirt. Yeah. God, man. Thank God we haven't got to deal with that no more. Yeah, I know. I think I had some like DVDs and like watching them back, and I'm like, that's why just the network. The only thing about the network I kind of hate is I understand why, but it's kind of like dubbing over the songs. So when you watch old ECW or WCW, they, yeah. but then it's kind of like 
copyright and stuff, I guess, as well, isn't it? So, well, WCW is notorious just for like ripping off Nirvana songs, wouldn't they? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, DDP's theme. I mean, his first one, Self High Five, great song, but I don't actually hate the one they use in the WWE games. I do you think that sounds quite what, close the ding, to ding, it? Ding, 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 the one where he's like, That's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. And he did the, f- <laughs> the yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I'd say I don't mind that theme, but the one they use in the WWE 2K19 game, they, they've kind of like, it's not his, like, yeah, it's not his um, positive, you know, like, character. They're basing it on his WCW character, and it sounds kind of like the Nirvana song, but not quite. Oh, I'll show cool. you it after the podcast. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. It actually sounds quite close, but. Oh, um, sweet. But yeah, um, yeah, we do it all the time. I do a lot of tangents all the time. Uh, so what particular moments or spots were your favourite about the match or stood out to you to all them rich in the uh, match? Like you said, Dean focusing on the legs. Um, saw some old moves by Dean Malenko. Um, locks in the knee bar at one point. Really old-fashioned move. Does a nice heel tactic. Levers himself up by the uh, top rope. Basically, it was a game of cat and mouse between these two. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, Dean is great because with a great heel, there's always got to be what they call a lace of truth. And the truth is, Dean Malenko is a fantastic wrestler. But working as a heel is even better. A bit like Ric Flair used to be. Fantastic yep. wrestler. But using all the tricks in the book. And that's what I liked about this. And Scotty, being that white meat baby face, selling like an absolute queen. I know. Brilliant. I mean, even like, I put it down, like, even though it's not a moment or a spot, there's just the fact of him just doing the moonwalk and the crowd erupt. And I'm like, this man can do anything and yeah. the crowd love him. Well, when he actually hit the worm, that, whoo, whoo, I forgot that. That's loud, you yeah. know. And, and when everyone was chanting W O R M, it's like the whole crowd were doing it. You could see these grown ass 25, 30, like our age people doing it. Yeah. Just the power of wrestling, it's insane. Now, Scott is a fireman, yes. He's a fireman. I'll be honest, like, if he saved my life, I'll be like, cheers, Scotty. W-O-R-M. Who like, saved you? The worm. Yeah. Did you, did you even see the sign in the crowd? Someone actually did a worm sign. Yeah. Like, That's amazing. You, you, oh, God, yeah. It was amazing how much he was over. So why wasn't Grandmaster Sexay or Rikishi with him for that? Because obviously they meant to be a faction. Did I'm you? guessing if they were to, with him because um, he didn't have the other radicals, it would make Scotty to already seem kind of, I guess, heelish. Because yes. I know they mentioned Grandmaster Sexy was injured at the time so then he ended up being off and then I remember Grandmaster Sexy performing um, forming a random tag team with Steve Blackman do you remember that Head Cheese Head Cheese no yeah. not Head Cheese no. no that was Al Snow Al Snow and wasn't he with Steve Blackman at one point as well he would yeah he was but that was really weird as well yeah there was some mix, there was some random yeah uh, one of the things I loved the mo- most was you know the bit when um, Scotty Hotty was trying to give um, Di Malenko a um, superplex and he reversed it into a DDT oh yeah that was actually the finish yeah, yeah. I've got down in my notes here Dean reverses superplex to a front face drop slash DDT top rope yeah yeah, yeah. that was really brilliant. really good brilliant yeah and the thing is it looked like it could have easily been botched but no they done it really well yeah even when um, they hit the canvas and then Dean pulls him away from the ropes just showing how much of a technician he really is yeah good match love oh, it I always like Dean stuff I do as well Dean oh. Malenko so good do you remember like he was so popular in WCW as well and I remember, like he, Eddie was fantastic yeah. and Chris Jericho as well when he removed the mask and he heard the whole crowd erupt yeah and I'm like he's such a good wrestler it's just sad to see I understand because of injuries and stuff he had to give it up but yeah. I wish they used him a lot more often and stuff like he was so good yeah apparently his brother um, was a good pro wrestler as well oh really yeah it was on um, 
Oh, who was it? It was either Steve, it might have been Jericho's podcast or Steve Austin's podcast, and they're talking about um, Dean's brother. He was working with him through the territories, and then when Dean went to WCW, his brother kind of gave it up, but they said his brother was at the same calibre as Dean. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's, bro- some, that's something really good then. Yeah, he just didn't fancy going into it as a profession. But um, yeah, the whole Malenko family, I mean... Yeah. yeah. I mean, every move that he does as well was just so crisp and stuff, and you can see why so many wrestlers who, even though they like certain people, then like him because of how good he is in the ring and stuff like it was a bit like Brett yeah you know snappy quick technical like submission based very close to Brett star yeah um, and it yeah. and it one of those things that it looks real but you know it, it but you know it doesn't hurt but it's safe and yeah. that's what Brett always he said that he's all the fame speech didn't he I made it look as close as I can get it to being real and no one on my watch got hurt yeah and I think Dean can say the same I can't recall anyone being hurt by Dean Malenko I can't either I can't either at all honestly the only time he hurt me was when he left wrestling and become a producer yeah he broke my heart does he still produce yeah, he's still backstage. Yeah, he's still backstage. I think he caught the title when Brock Lesnar threw it at Vince the other day. Really? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what a surprise, me. That is so cool, though, to be trained by him. That'll, that'll be like, oh, that'll be so cool. Oh, yeah. So yeah. then what would you give the match an out of five? Uh, looking back at it, again, I'd give that a four. I really enjoyed the match. Really did. Keep in mind the era as well as the Attitude Era. Didn't see too much technical wrestling. And yeah. Dean pulled it off and... Yeah, they told a great story. I would give it four and a quarter. A reason for me is, even though you didn't see much technical wrestling in at the time in the WWF, uh, that you could see with the inclusion of people like Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit, hmm. that it was one of those things you could kind of see the change in the technical side, like yeah, yeah. from them coming in. And that's why I liked it, because you can then see, uh, even though you have on the same show, like crazy, like over the top, like hardcore stuff, but then you also have have these amazing technical matches which are all I like it yeah, yeah. it's kind of like just the start of going up towards that which then in 2000 2001 mm. WWF decided having these amazing technical matches because they allowed the wrestlers to be more technical with people like yeah, and stuff and it was about using too. smaller people I mean you know like the WWF was always known as the lands of the giants and when you had groups like the radicals come in obviously you look at the attitude era really it was kind of a breakthrough yeah. because the, the era before it you had your Hulk Hogan's and your big names and your big men you know, Andres. The Attitude Era was the kind of time that if you wasn't the biggest guy, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart kind of set the pace to say that us smaller guys, keep in mind, they're still six foot and 200 pounds. Yeah. Still work a decent match and put me on the main events. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like you just said, the Radicals, none of them are big guys in wrestling world. Um, I mean, if we met them, they would shadow us. But yeah, you know, yeah. they come in, you had the Hardys, Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, you know, they wasn't all body guys. They were just wrestlers obviously yeah. you know but so that's why I think the year 2000 is one of the best years ever in wrestling because it had the amazing popularity of the wrestlers it had the amazing technical ability of these wrestlers it also had the amazing like storylines amazing characters it was kind of like the perfect meld of like because yeah. even though nowadays the WWE the wrestling itself is amazing I love it but the storylines except Becky Lynch I don't think I, I don't think they're that great I think they're too over, overproduced yeah honestly I, I agree and um, was it Bully Ray to put out on Twitter this week he said if if 
we're looking at the main event of WrestleMania and there's a storyline to actually be like emotionally involved with. The only one that really makes sense is Becky Lynch's. Yeah. It's the one that should headline Mania. The storytelling's gone and I know a lot of people, and I'll probably get a lot of hate for this, but a lot of people say Vince Russo was the worst thing to happen to pro wrestling. To be fair, when he worked for Vince, the WWF beat WCW, you know? And yeah. When, and when he got fired because he wouldn't do full-time writing for SmackDown, basically what happened, he went to WCW or wherever he went and wherever he worked for again ratings went up you know everywhere he's gone the ratings have gone up you know and he was the main producer of the attitude here here Vince and um, oh. uh, Bruce Pritchard and Bruce stuff. Pritchard yeah like yeah and Jim Cornette to a certain extent as well yeah like I, I you know great time of wrestling the stories are brilliant you know yeah yeah it was yeah storytelling was the main but also thing. sort of good thing about him as well because but also as well I have another thing about it even I'm not the biggest Vince Russo fan I've got to give him his due that he did a lot for wrestling especially the attitude era but I feel like because they had competition they had to like I feel now because of AEW I'm hoping that Vince is not going to be like shit we're going to potentially lose a lot of wrestlers to this promotion I need to give them better storylines and not be so scripted and stuff I think that's what they need to do yeah 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 I think AEW is going to be hopefully the best thing to happen to pro wrestling since WCW yeah you know and um, to be fair I mean I was a WCW fan you know I think when you used to watch an episode of Raw and an episode of WCW WWF was very character based where you'd be watching like you know you'd be watching WCW sorry and you'd have a load of mid-card matches and you'd think like okay there's no storyline it was just two great wrestlers go out there and wrestle mm-hmm. and you used to see a lot of like the cruiserweights and stuff you know that's what WCW was known for you know Psychosis and like the Parker and oh, Rey Mysterio and Rey people Mysterio like that Junior yeah. and like the Filthy Animals and they used to go out and they've got six man tags and you used to think bloody hell you know like then you go back to Raw and you'd have the broods covering people in a load of blood and sometimes you used to think WWF is a bit far-fetched where WCW was more of that Crockett kind of era of like yeah. you know Smoky Mountain in wrestling two guys wrestling but and then in 2000 with the inclusion of like the Radicals and then Chris Jericho back in 99 and other people who are really good technical wrestlers yeah. who then became more technical based and wasn't so mm. weird and crazy if I you mean, notice that yeah, yeah I totally agree well that's when the WWF brought in a light heavyweight and he had like Takamichi Noku coming from Japan Eric Bischoff had been bringing in well we had a deal with New Japan Pro Wrestling or All Japan through, and Noah I think it was I, I think it was all this year all freaks I remember yeah. um, Jushin Liger was like IWGP champion like junior champion Champion, this champion, this champion. I remember him and I having like seven titles at one yeah. point. Remember the Ultimate Dragon? Yeah. Well, Ultimate Dragon. He yeah, yeah, he was as well. So yeah, he was like seven or eight titles. Oh, God, he was just... Then he went to WWE as well. He did, and that didn't go too well. Nah, poor guy. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> yeah, so overall, yeah, very good match. Yeah, it was a good. And then the final match we're looking at today is for the WWF Hardcore Championship between our boy Steve Blackman versus Shane McMahon at SummerSlam 2000. Well, as you and I know, nothing wrong with help. A little help now. That's good. And the hardcore situation, there's no disqualifications. There's no count outs. Balls count anywhere. And Blackman, and from behind, came Shane McMahon. Edge, Christian, Faustin Alvin, and finally Shane McMahon. And that kendo stick was too much for even Steve Blackman to overcome. But it's one of those situations where be careful what you ask for, you just might get it. You know, Foley then went along and he suspended that 24-7 rule. And now Shane is forced to face Blackman one-on-one right here. Following contest, scheduled for one fall, is for the World Wrestling Federation Hardcore Championship. Approaching the ring is the challenger from Anvil, Pennsylvania, 
So Rich, yep. what do you think about this match then, kind sir? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it again. This was, again, another nostalgia trip for me because I haven't seen this match since 2000. Um, obviously, as soon as you say that, I think all the listeners will think, that's the one where Shane fell onto a big um, big bouncy castle, wasn't it? You know, the big like, airbed thing. But um, yeah. to be fair, yeah, it was quite a good match, to be fair. And I, I was saying to you earlier, whenever I think Hardcore Championship, I always think of Steve Blackman. I just remember him watching it on, um, remember me watching it on Sky Sports late night Smackdown used to be on a Saturday night and used to remember him doing them used to get them two little small sticks yes. and so like this rapid sort of like Super Saiyan thing on someone you know but yeah no I did enjoy the match um the 24-7 rule was suspended for this match by Mick Foley, so there'd be no interference, interference even, even though, though there was. was. Yeah. Which, Which, to be honest, worked because <laughs> literally it was uh, Steve Rapman beating the shit out of Shane McMahon. And I love the fact as well, like, even before the match started, when Shane McMahon was doing his promo, mm. that Steve Rapman was like, I'm going to kill you. And literally you saw Shane like, run away and you saw Blackman come out. He was this absolute badass, like, uh, killer. He was like action man, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, he was, like, he was someone else. I understand he wasn't the best promo character. Guy, but he was just so good. Like, I don't know why they didn't push him higher. Well, again, uh, listening to other podcasts, I always used to say that Blackman used to moan about money to JR all the time, saying that when he used to get his paychecks on the pay per views, he used to say, like, Why is my money so low? Apparently, he was a nightmare backstage. He used to think he was worth a lot more than what he actually was. Uh, okay, yeah, I can, but again, it's kind of like everyone thinks that, don't yeah, they? you need that in pro wrestling if you're ever going to make it. But, um, yeah, you, you need a bit of that chip on your shoulder. But I can yeah. see why some people might be annoyed, but it's like everyone probably done the same thing yeah honestly. of course I did I mean well, like, I, I, I probably s- would you probably would as well like I think I think everyone in that situation because at the end of the day even though they want to be higher you've also got to remember guests are doing it for their family and, and you know their relatives and friends or yeah. you know and stuff it's kind of like you can't really blame them for doing that either no I totally agree but uh, as far as the talent goes I used to like watching Steve Blackman yeah I did as well did he ever do anything after the WWF or did he ever go to TNA or uh, not that I know of no no yeah, I don't remember him going anywhere else. I think he retired and just carries on doing martial arts or something, maybe. Yeah, I know, sure, I know at the moment he teaches his own martial arts school. Yeah. Um, and he's actually something to do with uh, mortgage lending. Really? Yeah, it's something like that. Um, I won't Google it on there. But um, yeah, apparently Steve Blackman's doing something to do with money, finance, or... There's there's actually a funny advert. If you YouTube it, there's a video of him doing... A, like, it's on daytime TV. And it's something to do with mortgages, I'm sure it is. You'll have to have, to have a Google of that later. But also as well, by him being on the WWF and being seen by millions of people, he, that's going to make him a lot of business because he can just use it as like as seen on national and international television by millions of people. Like yeah, because if you think about it, the WWF, even though it wasn't that over, mm. was seen by so many millions of people across the world that people will like him anyway. Mm. I mean, were there any particular moments in the match that stood out for you? To any spots or any like high spots or whatnot? Yeah, I tell you what, I quite like the use of the uh, that sort of leather strap thing. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I thought that was quite cool I think when um, Blackman had Shane down and he had his strap around his neck pulling it over his shoulder and then a single Boston Crab I think a single leg Boston Crab by uh, Blackman I thought that looked really good yeah um, that was quite early on in the match I think that was at the point actually where TNA yeah um, 
Yeah, it was, it was that spot where TNA ran out. So that's worth a look at, listeners, if uh, you're going to have a look at these matches. I oh, definitely. And also as well, just that bit of when Blackman, as you said earlier, hits Shane off the side of the um, like set of the arena and he falls 50 yeah. feet in the air. Well, that's yeah. the moment as well. And then you see Blackman afterwards elbow him as well. Yeah, that elbow drop. It was a bit yeah. like that. Um, what's, that Jap- what's that Japanese wrestler in NXT at the moment? He does the cool elbow drop. Oh, Kari Sane. Kari Sane. You know the oh. way he sort of jumped and went, yee! Yeah. Was... I love Kari Zane. She's so good. Kari Zane. Yeah, I, love, I don't really like the gimmick, but I like her as a talent. I, think the I, 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 like, I like the gimmick. I think it's, it's quite cool. funny and quirky. It's, it's, just, quirky. it's, just, it's just so cool. Do you know what? I was watching NXT um, yesterday. My missus came home from work. And she's like, babe, I said, yeah, you're right. She said, uh, what are you watching? And I had it on mute and I looked up and put the sound on. And you had this little Japanese girl thinking she was a pirate. And she was like, why do you watch this? And I was just like, <laughs> I thought, out of everything you could have ever seen in pro wrestling, you walked into a Japanese pirate. But I thought about this the other day. Do you remember when the Muppets took over Raw? Yes. And I thought to myself, I remember thinking... That was so cool, though. I love the Muppets. Yeah, I love the Muppets, but I thought to myself, I want to step away, but I never will be able to. I'm a hook. Yeah. I'm a hooked fan. I'll be honest, if, um, if the Casey Vick thing, May Young with the hand and some other random craps never made me stop wrestling, then I'm never, ever going to give it up, nah, honestly. I don't think I'll ever stop, you know. Yeah. I, I'm a fan through and through. I'll, I'll never get out of it. Like, so I trained to do it for a while. You know, I love it. But, um, yeah... Japanese pirates and trying to get your girlfriend intrigued in pro wrestling she walks in on that you just think okay I could have shown the same call like the Steve Austin Shawn Michaels um, match at WrestleMania 14 something basic it works half time heat yeah god yeah how good was that that was such a good match and that's something else that you could show to if someone doesn't like it be like these six guys are really good these six guys are really amazing you know watch it and stuff yeah yeah the uh, that half time heat was absolutely brilliant what did they call him half time Johnny Johnny half time Johnny half time Johnny half time Johnny um, takeover yeah 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 I've got to love him so going back to the match then Rich mm. what would you give that match an out of 5 uh, I'd give that again for a nostalgia chip I'd give that a 4.25 okay um, I thought Shane done well keep in mind he wasn't really a trained pro wrestler at the time um, but he still put his body on the line for the fans uh, Steve Blackman always fantastic to watch oh yeah, yeah 4.25 I'll probably give it same thing 4.25 I just love the intensity of Steve Batman and the fact that every move that he did you can tell he was doing it like proper and well, not stiff but you can tell mm. it was some sort of like thump to, you know sometimes you watch some wrestling you feel like he just doesn't like it mm. like it's hitting properly and just Shane as well like Shane the, the fact he was able to take himself 50 feet in the air to then do that stunt is mm. you, got, you have to respect the man to put his boy on the line to entertain all these people and stuff yeah definitely and you know I've heard stories about Shane even though he was still like this obviously he's a real legit son that's a shoot of <laughs> Vince McMahon he still had to work his way up through the WWF like when they used to turn up to shows he'd put the chairs out he'd set the ring up he still had yeah. to work with all the boys go out and travel and stuff but he's still done above what he probably needed to doing spots like that I mean you've seen him jump off cages cells uh, gone through glass and... gone through glass oh, god yeah that was actually a good spot that was my favourite King of the Ring wasn't it against yeah. Angle yeah you know he's done uh, a lot Shane yeah he does yeah he does loads he's done so much like some of the stuff that he does as well was just insane like to other people were into him and the coast to coast as well just even now how old is he now like 47, 48 and he still does that and I'm like you're crazy Shane he's still jumping 20 feet yeah. doing a flat back bump 
dropping a drop kick. You know, it's, yeah. that's impressive. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm. So then, uh, Rich, then, before we head off, what would you say is your um, match of the three? Like, what match did you like the most? Oh, there's a question. And then your MVP afterwards. Okay, I would say my favourite match out of them three. So it's just a recap then. So we had SummerSlam 98, mm-hmm. which was the Lions Den match between Owen and Shamrock. We had Backlash 2000, which is Dean Malenko and Scotty Tuhoti. And then we had our third match, which was uh, SummerSlam 2000, which was um, Shane uh, McMahon and uh, Steve Blackman. I think out of the three matches, my favourite out of the three, I'd say was Dean Malenko and Scotty Tuhoti. Okay. Yeah, good storytelling. Um, it actually gave Scotty a chance to shine, to show how good he was as a singles guy. Um, what's his real name? He's a tailor, isn't he? He's one of the tailor boys, I think. Um, I think so. I honestly can't remember. Yeah, and obviously Dean Malenko is just an absolute artist. So, yeah, I'd say that for me. Okay, cool. Mine would probably be the Lions Den match. Even though I preferred the Kuzlet match, I quite liked the Lions match because it was the first of its time and... It was kind of, I like the fact it was quite unique and you had these two really good wrestlers who are able to like make this match who you would never think would work mm-hmm. and they make it work. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Valuable point. And my MVP would probably be probably Scotty Too Hotty, honestly. I was thinking of Owen Hart, but that was kind of like, but that's more nostalgia. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be Scotty Too Hotty just because of how um, popular the guy was and how any move that he did or any, even like a little bit of dancing, the crowd has erupted. Yeah, and I think I'd agree with the MVP. Mine would just be, I agree with them points, but for me, I think the selling he was doing in that match was brilliant. You yeah, know, he was, man. The selling was so like, good. Nowadays in pro wrestling, you get someone work a leg and then they get up and they're running around. Scotty was getting up limping. He was yeah. making moves hard to do. And his facial expressions when he was in all these submission holes getting folded by Dean Malenko, looking at the crowd and the crowd getting behind him. And yeah, it was just, yeah, I agree. MVP was uh, Scotty Too High. Sweet, man. And that was another episode of Nao Wrestling. Thanks, Richard, for being on an episode, man. We've got to do this more often. Absolutely. I really enjoyed it. Really, uh, really did. Yeah, me too, man. I, I, I just thought it was really good. Anything you want to plug at all to the peeps? Yeah, um, my wrestling uh, social media is RichardFilmer1 on Twitter. Um, that is the only social media that I associate the wrestling with. My Facebook and stuff, I just leave for sort of family and bits and pieces. So my wrestling stuff is on uh, Twitter, at RichardFilmer1. Oh, nice. And don't forget, guys to leave a five star review on iTunes to subscribe to us on iTunes Podbean Stitcher and SoundCloud to uh, as well to follow us and like us on Instagram Twitter and Facebook but there's something new we got now uh, Rich have you ever heard of an app called Grapple no basically there's an app on the on the iPhone I think you might get it on your phone called Grapple it's G-R-A-P-P-L mm. and I'm signed up to it and it, um, I'm known as K-Y-Dub K-Y-Dub which is K-Y-W um, Sparky Marky mm. and it literally you go through these matches and you give them your reviews out of five and stuff you can follow other people across like oh, different okay. things of wrestling it's a really cool app yeah, so you, yeah. you like let's say for example we want to maybe in the future like talk about matches then we can look at the Grapple app and be like oh so what average did this match get from everyone else, else across the world and stuff it's, oh, okay. it's, it's completely free all you have to do is sign up to it yeah and then you literally can just review as whatever matches you want to as well it's really cool yeah we should look into that and maybe uh yeah if we both download it have a play of it and when we do our next uh podcast we'll have a quick discussion about it and uh, yeah for sure yeah. uh after we've so i've got it on my phone after we stop recording i'll show you a bit of it as well so, so what you think of it it's a really cool app it's completely free as well and it's amazing because i remember hearing about it on post wrestling which is one of my favorite podcasts like post wrestling is uh 
John Pollock and waiting and talking about it. I was like, I, I like the sound of this and I gave it a go and I really like it. Mm. So it's just literally like you choose a match and you can choose what out of five. It's like a watch list you could do, what matches you need to watch and stuff. It's really, really good. Sounds good. I mean, anything like that. Because like you bringing up these matches today, I haven't seen the Scotty Tuhati and Dean Malenko match. I can't remember watching that. But if I had an app like that, yeah, it, people would be saying like you, watch this. And I'm thinking, oh, really? Oh, okay, I really enjoyed that. You know, yeah. So yeah, if it's free, it's for me. So I'll definitely tell oh, you. Yeah. Like, oh, you should. It's completely, that's one of the reasons I downloaded it. It's like, it's free. I was like, hell yeah. Hell oh, yeah. Good old free stuff. And that's been a wrestling guys. Take care and always remember. I don't know what the words are to that, Mark. You know it better than I do. I thought you was doing the uh, Mizo Suzuki thing. Oh, Casino Nair. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> 